benefits and health insurance, it's confusing enough on its own, right? And then now you have to manage a very expensive piece of that, which is pharmacy and the prescription drugs. We're joined by Tyrone Squires, founder of Transparent Rx. He's been featured by Sherm, Bloomberg, Bloomberg Business Week, Benefits Pro, the list goes on. But he's gonna peel back the curtain a little bit for us give us some truth on what's going on in the industry and what we can do to drive radical transparency and lower those prices. You ready? Let's go. Well, Tyrone, we appreciate it, man. This is a pleasure to have you on here with us. No, I appreciate you guys. You guys having me. Thank you. Yeah, like Thomas said, thanks, Tyrone. Really appreciate you, man. This is a topic that um, that's really needed, you know, for for our, um, our audience and our viewers. So um, excited about this. Excited to hear your knowledge, your experience, you know, the ins and outs of what you know. Because you, as you all, we both know, uh, pharmacy is a very forever changing topic in the benefits world, um, very confusing for some people. So just to have someone like you on with your expertise and your experience and be able to share that, we just cannot thank you enough, man. So welcome again, Tyrone. I appreciate it. Any opportunity I have to educate, uh, we try to take advantage of it because that's what we lead with. So I'm excited to be here uh, and be careful what you ask for. I only know how to tell the truth. I only know how to tell the truth. That's so what we, we want. The, we want the raw, pull the curtain okay. back, tell people what's you know what they've been hearing that's wrong. What's the you know the new things that's going on? Like where's like where is? Let's kick it off right there. Where is pharmacy at today? With you know all the changes happening with 2020 and all the new things that are coming out with the Mark Cuban stuff. Just just kind of give us a, a just a high level of where pharmacy is now. What's changed here in the past two to three years? Yeah, yeah. I, I think right now you know we're at an inflection point. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with the Consolidated Appropriations Act, uh, you know, I think the government has decided for themselves uh, enough is enough uh, in terms of uh, uh, plan sponsors paying too much for uh, their pharmacy benefit. Uh, and they decided to push all their chips uh, uh, in the middle uh, to get human resources executives, CFOs more involved uh, in transparency. You know, and I know that's a, a, a buzzword everyone kind of tosses around, uh, but just because PBMs say that they are, but they really aren't, doesn't lessen the importance of transparency between the pharmacy benefit manager and their client. Clients haven't been demanding that. What they've been really demanding unknowingly is better optics and not necessarily more transparency. And the federal government has decided to hold them more accountable uh, to achieving what I like to call radical transparency. So uh, I think that's where we are uh, right now, an inflection point. 
and accountability. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And Jason brought up a good point with, you know, Mark Cuban came out with the cost plus drugs. We've yeah. seen Amazon just responded to that. And you mentioned Tyrone, you mentioned accountability and transparency. Do you think that's going to have a positive impact or, or no, just kind of get your thoughts on what we're well, seeing. Well, you know what? Well, well, listen, just from a personal note, you know, with what Mark Cuban is, is, is doing from a competitive standpoint, it just kills me. He comes in, gets all the publicity and I've been talking about this for 10 years. Yep. Yep. Kills me. But, but listen, I love what he's doing and bringing awareness, you know, around transparent pricing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But listen, let's not kid ourselves here. Uh, you know, what they're doing uh, uh, is already happening and has been happening when the PBM uh, is, is radically transparent. Mm-hmm. Those same prices are already available and have been available mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the marketplace. He's just brought awareness to it uh, and, and good for them, mm-hmm. you know, good for them and, and the companies par- partnering with them. But those prices have already been there. Uh, and I'm not going to say by all PBMs. Of course not. We, we, we know who the bad actors are. Mm-hmm. We, we know who they are. Mm-hmm. So you remove them from the equation. What's left over, those prices are there for the plan sponsors who are sophisticated enough to demand it and, and not accept anything less. So um, I love what, what they're doing over mm-hmm. there. Um, uh, but in my mind, it's nothing new, it, but they, they've done a great job of bringing awareness, uh, you know, through marketing, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. to help people out. Well said. Now let's, let's switch gears a little bit as far as from a, a plant sponsor or client standpoint, Tyrone kind of, um, give us some things that an organization should look for or do when it comes to their PBM to kind of make sure they're getting the right service, make sure they're getting all the discounts, the rebates, you know, T's crossed, I's dotted. Like what should a, a, an organization look for, do, ask for, just kind of walk us through what that should look like for them. Yeah. So the, the most important uh, responsibility of not just the purchaser, you know, the employer, the union, uh, the cities, state governments, coalitions, and their advisors. Mm-hmm. Their most important responsibility when seeking out the services of a PBM uh, is threefold. And it is, it is to uh, negotiate, draft, and finalize the PBM contract. There there is nothing more important in a PBM procurement process than those three steps. And so if I've got an elevator pitch with a large self-funded employer, and I've got one minute to tell them what they should be doing, that one minute is going to be spent on the contract. And so Mm -hmm. another piece of that is, you know, today the contract 
piece is put at the end of a request for proposal process, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's put at the end. Sometimes, and it's it's just happened to us. Fortunately, we won, but we were selected before the contract was memorialized. Mm-hmm. And when I say memorialized, I'm saying throughout the entire process, we were negotiating back and forth where the client and their advisor were asking for concessions. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. So they selected us and then they wanted these concessions in the contract. And in my mind, it's too late. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's what so what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do now? You, you're gonna go back and say, oh, we made a mistake. Let's go select the other PBM uh, that that was in the running. Right. You're gonna go back to HR now and say, oops, our bad. We don't want to go with this PBM. Let's go with the other PBM. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it may seem like a little thing, right? It may seem like a little thing, but there's two very important pieces to that. First, you got to have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you got to be able to negotiate that deal. The, the leverage is given up when a PBM is selected before the contract is finalized. Mm. The, the, all the leverage is given up. So you have to know what you want in your relationship from a PBM. Uh, uh, and when you're looking at the contract, right, don't look beyond page one. Uh, and assume that because it's page one, it's not important. The definitions are arguably the most important aspect of achieving radical transparency in the PBM contract. And not just that, but, and not to knock you, Jay and and, and Thomas, but uh, if I go through a contract and I'm looking to drive radical transparency and you go through a contract starting on page one, looking to drive radical transparency. I'm going to be able to do that better than you. Right. I'm going to be able to do that better than you. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have the right folks looking at these contracts, demanding concessions that drive radical transparency. And then even if you don't get that done, Bring the contract to the very front of the procurement process and start looking for and asking for concessions throughout the entire RFP process, not just at the end. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And just to go a little deeper, Tyrone, when you're looking at these contracts and the definitions, the meaning of what things mean, because that goes back to, as I was saying before, as far as where the rebates go at the end of the day, the discounts, where the money flows, the savings flows, right? Is that kind of like some of the details you're talking about as far as looking within that contract? Yeah. And so um, just yesterday, uh, I don't know if you guys are part of that Benefit Hackers Google group. Uh, if you aren't, uh, you should you should join it yesterday. Okay. And uh, one of the interesting uh our uh, comments that came through yesterday and, and I happened to re- respond to, it, and it was from an ERISA attorney and uh, the ERISA attorney uh, basically said in response to a comment I made from 
a B2B executive at a large pharmaceutical manufacturer, one of the top five in the world, uh, who said, and I shared that email, obviously I redacted it, but I shared that email that he wrote to me. And uh, what he wrote to me was, is that, you know, plan sponsors um, uh, aren't necessarily asking for lower net costs. What they're asking for, and I just talked about it, are, are better optics. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. They're asking for better optics because when you aren't truly uh, getting all the rebates back, you've been swayed by uh, a a quote, a minimum rebate guarantee that looks very, very large, uh, but doesn't tell you that the PBM may not pay back a rebate on every claim that was eligible for a rebate. Wow. Right? Yeah. They mm -hmm. may only, uh, uh, they may keep that entire uh, rebate for that claim for themselves, right? So, and what that ERISA attorney, uh, uh, at the very end of the, their statement was, you know, we're not getting, my clients aren't being penalized by spread pricing but we may not get the detail on every claim that was eligible for a rebate, mm. right? So, so in, in essence, rebates are being paid, but the purchasers aren't getting a receipt at the claim level, mm. right? So I'm going to start there, Jay. Okay. I'm going to start there. Okay. No one would go to a shop, uh, a supermarket and pay for groceries and not get a receipt for those groceries. Right. Yeah. When rebates are being paid and there's no receipt that the PBM is giving its client, then you've lost. Th then you've lost. There's a reason they don't want to provide receipts. And those receipts in our world are called remittance reports. So every one of our clients, when we receive rebates from the rebate aggregator, we receive, we receive a detailed report that says, here's the claim that was dispensed. Here's the date. Here's, here's the pharmacy uh, that dispensed that prescription medication. Here's the quantity Here's the day supply. Here's what our guarantee was to you. Here's what we actually received. Right? Mm -hmm. Here's what we actually received. Here's the guarantee. Here's what we're actually paying. And so our clients are now able to determine the net cost of the drug. Mm. With, with that sort of information. Right? right? So... You know, the old saying, and it's true, data drives decisions. And 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 PBMs, not all. And, and so I'm, I want to preface my comments. Sometimes I'll make a definitive statement, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it applies to every PBM. Mm -hmm. right. So I like to tell people I make definitive statements, but put in front of that statement the phrase, generally speaking. Right. Yeah. So generally speaking, uh, PBMs uh, leverage information asymmetry. Their reluctance to share data 
because they don't want their clients to know the true cost of the PBM service. So let me give you an example. If PBMs, the big three, were required to share all their data, uh, what they pay pharmacies, the amounts they take in from drug makers, if they were required to do that, their clients would be up in arms uh, about them, just how much money the PBMs are making on a PMPM or a PEPM basis for offering the pharmacy benefit. Wow. And so that's why they're reluctant to share the data. It's a strategy. Mm-hmm. It's not coincidence. Mm-hmm. It's not an accident. It is a strategy. Yeah. If they were required to disclose the amount of cash that they take in and then keep for themselves, even though they say they're passed through, mm-hmm. right? Even though they say they're passed through, based upon their definition, they could be right. But in the minds of you and me and a purchaser, we're thinking if you say we're 100% passed through, that means all the savings and the discounts that you negotiate, you give them to us. Right. Mm-hmm. You, would you give them to us. Yeah. So, if they were required to share the data and pass through all the savings, and the only way that they could make money was through charging a flat administrative fee, the big five or six PBMs, their flat administrative fee would start at $50 per member per month and go up from there. And that's the low end. Mm-hmm. That's the low end. It would start at 50, go up to $100 per member per month if they had to disclose what their management fee actually is. Wow. And so that's what they're trying to hold on to. Yeah. Uh, who Who's going to pay $100 per member per month for a, 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 a PBM a, a service if they actually knew that's what they were paying. Right. Right. And so, you know, I I hope that if when someone watches this and they're in HR, that they start trying to figure out, okay, how much am I paying the PBM? I know what our pharmacy benefit costs are every year. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I know what that is, but somewhere baked into that, cost is the PBM's fee. What is its share of that total fee? What's the PBM's take rate? Right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we're trying to get at when we talk about um, creating radically transparent contracts uh, and, and getting concessions in that contract. Really, what we're trying to cover, and I say we, you know, HR and, and the buyers, What we're trying to uncover through that process is how much is the PBM making and through radical transparency and knowing how much they're making, we can determine whether or not it's fair. If it is unfair, we can get that number down. Yeah, we can get that number down. And so that's what the state of Ohio did a few years, about three years ago. And, you know, it's public information. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they uncovered about $225 million just in spreads. 
Jeez. Uh, for their Medicaid plan, right? So $225 million just in spreads. And so uh, when they learned that, the, the first response was, we've never had this information before, mm-hmm. right? They never, just imagine for a second, yeah. uh, a state Medicaid plan spending billions of dollars just on the pharmacy benefit, never thought to consider how much money the PBM was making in their evaluation of that PBM's performance and or proposal. Wow. And so for the first time, they started to look at that. It took them all of maybe a day or two. (laughs) (laughs) Once they got that report back, right? Mm -hmm. You mean to tell me the difference between what the PBM is reimbursing the pharmacies and billing us for the same exact claims is almost a quarter of a billion dollars in one year. Wow. So they terminated those contracts Mm -hmm. uh, and went back in and renegotiated those contracts. So I say all that to say, if the state of Ohio uh, uh, can overpay, so can anyone else. Yep. So can anyone else. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if you're concerned about that, uh, and you should be, because if you weren't, then we wouldn't have needed CAA. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have needed it. Uh, if you're concerned about that, start trying to figure out how much money the PBM is making. And so what I can tell you is when we bring on uh, new clients, it is not uncommon for us. And we're not surprised to discover that the PBMs are making more than the drugs cost. Now think about that for a second. That is unbelievable when I hear stuff like that. That is The PBMs are making more than the drugs cost. You are dropping some gems right now, Tyrone. You are dropping some serious gems right now. Drop the mic. If you guys are out there listening, I hope you took some notes. I hope you got this on re-record. Come back and watch it again because this is stuff that you are not going to hear every day about what's going on in pharmacy, and you really should appreciate what you're hearing right now. You can call me a lot of things, but you can't call me a hypocrite. (laughs) So, you know, go out and, you know, do the research yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Go out and do the research yourself. Um, But, but it is true. uh, Everything that I'm, that I'm trying to share, share, share here today. That's good stuff. And Tyron, before we let you go, you know, if I'm a HR leader or CFO, wherever I fit, and something just hit a nerve when I when you were you were talking. Where do I start? I, obviously, the contract is important, and making sure that that's all buttoned up. But like, what is the first thing to do, like tomorrow, if I want to make sure that I'm getting that radical transparency that you're talking about? Where do I begin? I said up front, be careful what you ask for, <laughs> right? And so, so here's where I would start. I would start with my advisor. Mm-hmm. My, my broker in trying to determine if they are acting in my best interest. Mm-hmm. 
Right? Yep. Now, you know, I keep talking about education and knowledge. What a lot of HR uh, personnel and staff and CFOs will come to learn is that there's an expectation gap where pharmacy benefits is concerned between what they think their advisors know and what they actually know about pharmacy benefits. There is a huge gap. And listen, Mm -hmm. I teach it. They come to the class, Mm -hmm. right? They come to the class. I see what they know in the beginning and then where they end up after Mm -hmm. eight weeks. Mm -hmm. Right? They come to the CPBS class. And so I know. I'm just... And so... You know, the foundation, uh, the relate it's about relationships, right? It's, it's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. It's about relationships, right? But results have got to matter at some point, right? Results have got to matter. It's, we're in business. Results mm-hmm. have got to matter at some point. So if, if, if I'm uh, a CHRO, I'm checking to make sure. And when I say... There's an expectation um, uh, gap uh, where knowledge is concerned around pharmacy benefits. Um, There's also a gap as well in um, uh, maybe a fiduciary duty, Uh, uh, right? And so that's that's even more important now with CAA. So, So the interest have to be completely aligned and not misaligned, right? Brokers and consultants have got to put all the cards on the table, uh, right? And then the knowledge piece again. So if I'm if I'm the, if I'm a CHRO, I'm saying I got to make sure my broker consultant, our incentives are not misaligned. We're in lockstep, and what my goals are as a leader of an HR department, and we're going to compensate you fairly for that. Uh, uh, And then the second piece is, is making sure, and and Jay, I I think you even talked about this, uh, and this is how we got here today, which I thought was spot on. And we hadn't even talked, and you you wrote this, that um, consultants and brokers uh, ought to be certified. There, there should be somebody. Yeah. Some, when I say body, organization that can stamp, you know, a broker or consultant and say yes. Yeah. Uh, they have the knowledge and they are qualified to advise you on your pharmacy benefit. Yeah. Yep. We hadn't had that right before the CPBS program, mm-hmm. uh, and so if if and. So if I'm a CHRO, I'm making sure my broker or consultant is qualified to talk to me about pharmacy benefits. I will tell you that 90 percent of, you know, brokers and benefits consultant are not qualified 
to advise on pharmacy pharmacy benefits. And when I say qualified, uh, that doesn't, if they're not qualified, that doesn't mean that they don't know some things about pharmacy benefits. Mm -hmm. When I say qualified, I'm speaking to sitting down at the table with a PBM and being able to speak at the level of a PBM. And also, uh, we teach PBMs as well. They send their people through our course. Wow. So that's a little, listen, I'm encouraged by it because PBMs now are starting to learn how to be radically transparent. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so just to answer your question, if I'm a CHRO and I'm, I'm processing this stuff and you ask the question, things keep coming up. But <laughs> if I'm a CHRO, I want to make sure there's no knowledge gap there. I want to make yeah. sure there's no misaligned interest, right, uh, between our organization and the brokers and consultants we've hired uh, uh, to, 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 to manage the, the pharmacy benefit, right? And uh, that's where I'm starting. That's where I'm starting. It's easier said than done, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's far easier said than done, by the way. Well said. Bingo. That's a wrap. That's that drop. That's a mic drop. That's a mic drop. Uh, well, Jason, do you have anything else for Tyrone before we let him go? No, I think no, I think, man, this is this is what we're looking for. This yeah. is the type of information yeah. that that we know that's not out there because we talk to, you know what we do, Tyrone. We're talking to CHROs and VPs of HR every day for what we do. And I can tell you right now, this is the type of conversations that need to be had that are not having right now. Mm -hmm. And this is why I wanted to have you on because I, I know your work. I know your history. I know uh, what your resume and how, what it speaks of. So uh, I just can't thank you enough, man. I really can't and I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate you guys having me, you know, uh, and, you know, for brokers and, and consultants, you know, we got to get beyond, you know, shopping claims repricings and, you know, having seven or eight PBMs bid. And then whoever comes back with the lower, the lowest prices, the one we're going to recommend is far more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's far more complicated than that in terms of, 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 of cost drivers. And so, you know, I've been doing this now for two decades. Uh, Eli Lilly. Um, uh, having owned my own mail order pharmacy and now, you know, owning a fiduciary PBM, you know, the first fiduciary PBM, there's no argument. No one can argue that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so it's in my best interest uh, to just tell folks and share with them, you know, how to be efficient in managing their pharmacy benefit. And so uh, I hope that's kind of the, 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 the takeaway from my conversation today. So thanks, Thomas and Jane. Well, we told you he was going to tell the truth, and we can't thank Tyrone enough for doing just that. That's what we need. We need to, we need the truth. We need to know what what can we do. And a big the big takeaway was how much the language plays a part in the contract. So start there, uh, and obviously surround yourself with a good team that understands this stuff. But Tyrone's an open book. Feel free to reach out to him. I'll put his information below. He loves talking about this stuff, as you can tell. But we will see you back here next week.